0: Welcome to the Cody Felger Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cody Felger Podcast. Today we're going to play a little game we like to call Fly or Flop. So basically how this game is going to work is we are going to highlight four players who we think will have breakout seasons and exceed expectations in 2019. Then we'll talk about a player who we think has great potential to do either of the two, fly or flop. And then we'll have four other players who we think will underwhelm or who are being overhyped. Or we also we will categorize these people as somebody who won't be as productive as they were in 2018. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they will completely drop off. But it definitely will mean that they won't have as productive seasons as they had in 2018. And so Derek Larger is here with me again, and we are going to jump right into this. So Derek, the first player on my list for fly is Danico Autry. Danico Autry is my my first pick. And the reason why I have Autry on this list is simply because he was so, so disruptive for the Colts in 2018. I mean, the guy only played in 12 games and he was hurt throughout the season and he had nine sacks um, is very disruptive blocked a couple field goals um, had a lot of tackles for loss and really had a stretch there during the middle of the season where he was just being disruptive I mean he was AFC defensive player of the week one week I mean this guy was really in the he was a nightmare and a terror for opposing offenses and so I think that if Autry plays 16 games. Now he's another year in the Colts' defensive system. Um, I think Autry has has a really, really good potential, and I think he's a good candidate for this list for me.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Danico Autry is definitely a name I was thinking of putting on this list, although I didn't quite put him on there just because I didn't don't know how high his ceiling is right now, uh, and he obviously had a pretty good year last year. I don't know how much better it's going to get, But maybe after this next year, we'll see what happens. But the first name on my list is Marlon Mack. And it's kind of what you brought up from uh, a couple podcasts ago, that he missed a a good quarter of the season last year, yet still was able to get around 1,100 yards. I mean, this is a guy who is a uh, multi-purpose back, can do a little bit of everything. Uh, One of the biggest things he's going to have to work on is Uh, Making people miss in the open field and how he's going to get more yards after contact. But we saw what Marlon Mack was able to do against some of the best uh, run defenses in the league last year, especially when he had the Colts' offensive line to run behind. So I would really like to think that Marlon Mack, uh, even as good as he played last year, I think he still has another gear in him that I think if he stays healthy for longer time, then I think that he can really put on some drastic numbers like maybe some Ezekiel Elliott first year numbers and I'd like to think that Marlon Mack could really help put this offense exactly where they want to be in the run game.
1: Yeah I definitely think that Marlon Mack is a good candidate to put on this list he just missed my cut Um, and I think something that you brought up Derek that, that Marlon Mack he can improve on a few things and I think one thing that Mack can really improve on I saw this stat the other day um The highest 18 and 2018 force miss tackle touch rate, Dalvin Cook is 27%, and then they went to the lowest. And Marlon Mack was at 9%. That's force missed tackle per touch rate. Marlon Mack was sitting there at 9%. So I think Marlon Mack as a whole could definitely make more defenders miss in space. And I think that if he continues to do that and continues to improve his craft, I think definitely he could be on this list. Okay, the next guy on my list is Jabal Sheard. And the reason why Jabal Sheard is on this list, and just for those of you who don't really know a whole lot about Jabal Sheard, he was signed in 2017 by the Colts in free agency, and he's been very durable for the Colts. He's played 16 games back-to-back seasons. Um, last season he had 5.5 sacks, 14 tackles for loss, 13 quarterback pressures. So even though this guy wasn't necessarily putting up you know, stellar sack numbers, I mean, this guy was consistently getting to the quarterback. And I I remember in 2017, Jabal Sheard was actually ranked as an elite edge defender. Um, And and that's with basically having no other elite or even really good edge defender with him the past couple years. And with the addition of Justin Houston, I think Jabal Sheard, in my mind, Derek, has always been a good number two rusher. And I think, like I mentioned, the Colts just haven't had... A dominant, dominant pass rusher since Jabal Sheard has been here. And so if the Colts can get that potential out of Justin Houston, where he's a you know 10-sack, double-digit sack guy, um, I think that that'll allow Jabal Sheard a lot more opportunities to get to the quarterback. And I think that potentially 2019 could be his best season in terms of statistics, just because... You know, he, he's ate up a lot of blocks. He's been that Colts, you know, the guy that the, the offenses have planned for, the number one rusher for the Colts for the past two years. And so I think a guy like Houston being on the Colts roster now and just his presence alone will allow Jabal Sheard a lot more one-on-one opportunities with offensive linemen and, and will allow him, I think, to get more sacks and ultimately probably have his best statistical season with the Colts in 2019.
0: Yeah, that that is definitely an option. Uh, it is going to be a good question to see how Justin Houston's presence uh, impacts Jabal Sheard. That definitely is something to look out for next season. But my second guy on this list, and it's somebody that you absolutely love and I love as well, is Malik Hooker. I think this is the guy that the Colts have been waiting to have a breakout year, and I think this is the year he finally does it. Uh, we talked about it before. He, this is the healthiest he's been in a while. This is a guy who definitely prides himself on being a ball hawk, and we saw the stats uh, from this year, or the lack of stats rather, which implemented just how good Malik Hooker is in coverage. I think this is the year that you know Malik, when he was his he was in his uh, rookie year, obviously was on pace to have some really good interception uh, numbers. Could have possibly led the league in interceptions that first year had he not gone down in the middle of the season. But I think this is the year that he finally returns to that form. I think he becomes a more physical player. I think he becomes the guy who takes a few more risks in coverage. And I think they play a little bit more to Malik Hooker's strengths. And that is why he's number two on my fly list this year.
1: Okay, the next guy on my list is Tyquan Lewis. And Tyquan Lewis was a second-round pick of the Colts in 2018. And last year, he primarily played defensive end with all the injuries uh, to the Colts' defensive line. But the Colts have said this year that they want to play him inside that three-technique. Uh, A little bit about Lewis's 2018 campaign. So he went on injured reserve before the season began, but he actually returned to the Colts uh, and came back and had 13 tackles, two sacks in uh, six games that he started. Um, And I think that the reason why I have Lewis on this list is because he's a young guy who's still learning the Colts system. And I think that now he has another year in this system and a full year of being healthy. Um, I think that that more than warrants him a spot on this list. And just a guy like Lewis, who showed a lot of flashes when he was healthy, of the player that the Colson envisioned when they drafted him last year in the second round out of Ohio State, um, I think that a year of being healthy, a year of perfecting his craft, um, will really warrant him on this list. And I think that while he may not necessarily be a full-time starter in 2019, I think that he will definitely exceed expectations, and I think he's a player that the Colts um, Colts fans really haven't talked about a whole lot, but I think will probably exceed expectations that everybody will remember, oh yeah, this guy's a pretty talented guy as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I really love Tyquan Lewis. Loved him when he was a Buckeye. I loved love that the Colts picked him up, and you're right. He probably didn't even really feel 100% that much last year due to obviously his injury, so he was Playing uh, with a bad, with obviously a bad leg, and was still able to perform a few times. Uh, obviously, we saw what he did against Dallas, having those two sacks in that game, which was definitely huge for the Colts. Uh, and then another guy on my list, the third guy on my list, is somebody on our offensive line who is easily the most underappreciated guy on the offensive line from last year and the least talked about. What is Braden Smith? Now, I don't know if a lot of Colts fans really understand the impact of this kid, but I absolutely loved him last year. There were so many times where he had to go one-on-one against uh, Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt and some of the better premier defensive ends because they knew that he was the young guy. But yet he still knocked the teeth out of Jadavian Clowney's mouth whenever he played him. That is why I love this kid. Even though he was the worst offensive lineman on our group, he still allowed less than a 6% pass uh, pressure rating from last season, which is still one of the best in the NFL from last year. See, This is why I love this kid because nobody really talked about him. Everyone knew about Quentin Nelson. Everyone talks about Ryan Kelly, Anthony Costanzo. Heck, Mark uh, Glowinski ended up getting more talked about because everyone's wondering who's going to take that right guard spot. Who's going to be there? Nobody ever talked about Braden Smith because the guy just never really made any headlines. But when you look at his numbers and you look at what he did for the Colts last year, this kid is absolutely phenomenal. I think he's got a bright future. And I think this year he's going to he's gonna come out and he's going to show Colts nation what, what we missed last year, what we missed, that he's pro- possibly – One of the best uh, offensive linemen in the game, even as a rookie as well with Quentin Nelson. And he might try to prove he's on there with the same level of uh, elite blocking as Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly are.
1: Yeah, and I just love the story of Braden Smith last year. For those of fans who aren't familiar, basically what the Colts, the Colts drafted Braden Smith last year in the second round out of Auburn. And uh, they really envisioned him as a guard, I think starting out and even Chris Ballard admitted like we drafted him to be a guard and you know when, when the Colts I remember I was at this game the Colts played the Patriots and Foxborough and Matt Slawson goes down with an injury he actually crazy enough he like plays through that back injury which is like very dangerous um, but he plays through that game and uh Braden Smith has to go in and play and fill his position I think actually I think that was when Mark Gluensi came in then Braden Smith had to go slide over to right tackle and so uh it was kind of crazy. It was kind of wild to see. Like, that was kind of when Braden Smith started. Um, and that's when he really started to submit himself as the Colts' future right tackle. And it was really interesting to me because, um, you know, here's a guy that really didn't play much tackle throughout his career, really in college at all. He played guard primarily at Auburn. Um, and in the NFL, he wasn't even drafted to play a tackle. But he just came in, put his head down. And like you mentioned, he didn't get a lot of the headlines. But I think as an offensive lineman, that's a really good thing because, you know, while he might not necessarily be, you know, getting film like Quentin Nelson, a pancaking Judavian Clowney type guys, I mean, as a rookie, all things considered, this guy really held his own a lot and paved the way, heck, for the best Colts offensive line in the Andrew Luck era by far. And so while he may have, yes, necessarily not been, he may have been the weakest link per se, on that Colts offensive line, he still was had a phenomenal rookie year I think, all things considered, playing out of position and now cementing himself as the future at right tackle. Okay, so the next guy and the final guy on my fly list is Quincy Wilson and I admit I love Quincy Wilson a lot. I've been a big fan of him ever since the Colts drafted him in 2017 out of Florida. Um, I think he has had a lot of consistency issues in his first few seasons in the NFL. Uh, I know the Colts had said in 2017 when he wasn't really seeing the field, they said some things about maturity issues. Um, I know that Quincy Wilson has kind of been in his plays been up and down. Um, and a little bit about Wilson really is, um, you know, he didn't, he like I mentioned Chuck, with Chuck Pagano, he didn't really see the field a whole lot. He actually, I think, had one interception, I think, on the final play of the 2017 season. Quincy Wilson had an interception to secure the Colts' victory over Houston, and then in 2018, he didn't really have a great start to the season, I know, and a lot of fans were like, oh, man, is Quincy Wilson a bust? What's going on with him? And then, When the Colts signed Mike Mitchell, you know, during that whole time when, you know, all those players were injured for the Colts, all those safeties were injured for the Colts, they bring in Mike Mitchell and he really takes Quincy Wilson under his wing and and teaches him a lot of things about, you know, being a defensive back in the NFL and really helps him learn a lot of things and answers a lot of his questions and really becomes a mentor for Quincy Wilson. And we saw when Mike Mitchell came in and really took Wilson under his wing, like, it kind of it really revitalized Quincy Wilson's 2018 season, and Quincy Wilson even has admitted like Mike Mitchell saved my season, and maybe saved his career. And so I think now that he's maybe put some of those maturity issues behind him, he you know maybe has become more of a hard worker. I know the Colts have talked about how he hasn't had been great in practice, and that's why he hasn't hadn't seen the field a lot. Uh, and Chris Ballard has also said, and it's just expressed his love first off for Quincy Wilson. He's really said that since he came in, since Wilson was drafted in 2017, he's really just completely transformed his body in a lot of ways. And I know that the Colts view him as a very talented and versatile piece for, the, for their defense, and he can play all over the field for the Colts. And that's why I think now. A year under his belt where, you know, he had really starting off not well at all, but gaining a lot of confidence. And we saw just Quincy Wilson ascend, really, in 2018. And I think, you know, yes, he'll have to compete with Rocky Yassin. Uh, He could be number three, number four corner. But I think a lot I think Quincy Wilson's a guy that a lot of Colts fans they know about Quincy Wilson, but they don't really hype him up as much as I think he should be hyped up, because I think Quincy Wilson is a phenomenal player for the Colts. I think he really ascended his game in twenty eighteen. And now another year in Matt Eberflus's system. I think Quincy Wilson's primed Derek for a really, really good 2019 season.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that he's still younger than Rocky Asin even after going into his third year. And, uh, and you're right, a lot of people are uh, questioning whether or not, you know, what is Quincy Wilson's actual role going to be? Uh, we still don't know, but you're right. The veteran leadership of Mike Mitchell ended up uh, just revitalizing his outlook on what he actually thought he was going to be able to do. He knows that his time might not be right now to be the starter or be the guy but he just needs to be patient, he needs to work hard, and I think yeah, after hearing from Mike Mitchell and Chris Ballard and just another year under the system, I think he's starting to finally figure it out that if I just do my job, at some point I'm going to get my opportunity. It just needs to be at, it's just a matter of when. And for my other guy here, I'm going to uh stick with the linebacker core here. It's not Darius Leonard. But it's his uh, running mate, and it's Anthony Walker. Now, I I know that a lot of people will say, oh, this is, you know, why are you putting him at fly? You know, he had a pretty, he had a really good season last year for uh, numbers sake. Yeah, he had a good year with uh, numbers sake uh, and tackles for sure, but there was still some consistency problems last year. I felt that there were many times that he could have converted to make uh, turnovers happen, but he just didn't... uh, convert on those there are multiple times last year where he could have intercepted passes but let it go right through his hands and there's still times where he you know finds himself in the wrong gap but i think that anthony walker turned some heads and the colts organization last year i think even the colts organization didn't realize just how good he was going to be i mean most of us colts fans know anthony walker as you know the guy who came in just because we had nobody else to really put in a couple years ago to put him in then. And now he's easily the number two linebacker for the Colts at the moment. And I think that this is his year to fix some of those consistency issues, to work on uh, forcing more turnovers like Darius Leonard does. And I think this is the year where Anthony Walker and Darius Leonard both show the nfl that they are the dynamic duo of linebackers in the nfl
1: okay so the next guy on our list is going to be the guy that's kind of in between so this guy could potentially fly or flop and this is the guy who we think has the potential to do one of these things the most and so the first guy on my list is malik hooker a guy that's already been on your list Derek. and i know i'm going to hear a lot of backlash for this but i want to say this first like, I love Malik Hooker. He's probably one of my favorite Colts players on the team right now. But I think it's fair to say that he has a potential to fly or flop in this season, not necessarily be a bad player by any means. But I think the reason for my me saying this is that Malik Hooker simply, while he's been effective, he's had five interceptions in the last two seasons, Um, He's also only played 21 out of the 32 eligible games in two seasons, and so durability has been an issue for Malik Hooker in his two seasons with the Colts, and so um, I would lean towards Fly if he can stay healthy, like you mentioned that, that crazy stat, Derek, of just how teams just didn't target Malik Hooker last season just because he was such a threat back there and that they didn't want to test him. And and I think that he definitely will be tested a lot more with the quarterbacks the Colts are going to play in 2019. But I think that if he can't stay healthy, I think he may, you know, have a drop-off in his game simply because, you know, he's got to be on the field. You know, as the old saying goes, it's like, the best ability is availability. And Malik Hooker, unfortunately... Um, in that playoff game against Kansas city, he wasn't available for the Colts and, and it really showed and the Colts were picked apart and Patrick Mahomes was able, you know, to to test the Colts deep because I mean, heck, who are you going to throw against Malik Hooker or freaking JJ Wilcox? Like, obviously you're going to throw against JJ Wilcox because he's not on the same level as Malik Hooker. And so I won't say that Malik Hooker really will flop in his play. I just think that he has the potential to flop if he can't stay healthy in 2019.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. You're, you're definitely right. The big the big uh, quote there, be, the best ac- ability is accountability, definitely true. Uh, I think that Malik Hooker definitely has that ability to be a, a fly or a flop here. But uh, my guy that I have for this is a guy that we brought in during the offseason. And it was probably the most controversial one out of all this. And I think you already know who it is. It's going to be Devin Funches. Now, this is a guy that I, I put him here because I've seen so many different ends of the spectrum. I've seen people say, oh, he's going to get like 10 plus touchdowns this upcoming year. Or I see people say, oh, he's, he's going to be a total bust. He's barely going to get to play because he just drops the ball all the time. Well, look, that's a fair criticism. He does have his fair share of drops. And that's kind of been a problem with the Colts for literally the last five years, ever since Andrew Luck has been with the Colts. You know, It's just been one of those things that the Colts need to address. But I think that with the system in which Devin Funchess is going to be used, that is ultimately what's going to decide this. It is a matter of what kind of offensive packages does he get put into. Now, we obviously know he's going to get put in the red zone because of his height and because of his ability to get above people, that is easily that is an easy thing to see that Funchess will do this upcoming season. It's just a matter of what else does he get involved in. Obviously, he's going to try to be the guy who's going to be the possession guy. Uh, kind of ironic for that sort of thing, since he has had a lot of drop problems. But he is ultimately going to be a possession guy. He's going to be a little bit taller Reggie Wayne, if you were to say. Because, obviously, T.Y. Hilton reminds you a lot of Marvin Harrison, and they have a lot of other guys who are speed guys that are going to go down the field. But Devin Funches is going to be that guy for short gains, make good catches, and catch stuff in the red zone. So, ultimately, how does he do in this role? That's going to determine whether he's a flop or a fly, but that's ultimately why I have him right there in the middle.
1: Well, yeah, that's a good transition because I wanted to go to my first flop and I think that will be Devin Funches. And I don't think he'll necessarily have a bad season, but I think for a guy like Devin Funches who, you know, has been notorious for dropping the football, I think if he's the kind of player who gets into that mindset of like, "Oh man, like I can't stop dropping the football." I mean, hopefully not for the Colts' sake, but you know, I think a lot of a lot of the game, a lot of football is the mental game. And I think if Devin Funches gets in his mind that all he does is drop the football. Then I think that that could potentially be disastrous for the Colts. I um, mean, a for Devin Funches more so. Um, and also, the Colts have some receivers who I think that they think they can, they can rely on. I mean, you got Chester Rogers, who you know, for all the knocks on Chester Rogers, a heck I think he caught the second most passes for you last season. And then you got Deion Kane coming back. You know, what does he bring to the table? Does he ascend? Um, then you got. The addition of Paris Campbell. And so the Colts have some receivers who I think that they can rely on. And, you know, if Devin Funches just starts dropping the football all the time, the Colts can go to other options. It's not going to be like the Chuck Pagano era, you know, where there's no accountability. You know, Frank Reich's really big on accountability. So it's like if you're dropping the football, you're not going to play. And I think that that's a big thing that it will be something to look for. And I think the biggest reason for me why I think – Devin Funches is being over overhyped is simply just because I think a lot of Colts fans think that he will have similar production to Eric Ebron and I think that's just not a fair comparison for Devin Funches. I think while Devin Funches may be effective in the Colts system I think first off the Colts system is very complex like Frank Reich has not shied away from that heck Andrew Luck hasn't even fully tapped into the Colts offense he didn't last year and so um, I think Devin Funches will still need to learn this Colts offense, learn his routes, um, just learn every nuance of this offense because it's a very advanced offense. And um, I think the main reason why I had this as a flop is just because I think he won't be and have an Eric Ebron type year. I think he might have a solid year. It might warrant him an extension. Who knows? But... I just think it's not fair to put Devin Funches up and say he's gonna have an Eric Ebron like year. It's just not not a fair comparison in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of funny that you brought up Ebron because he is actually my first name on this flop list. Now, again, I'm gonna say it to people out there. It's the same thing as what Cody said. Ebron's not gonna have a bad year. I'm not gonna say that. It's just that with the uh with Obviously, Jack Doyle coming back, I think that Jack Doyle is going to limit Ebron's stats a little bit. Uh, Because people always say, you know, you want Ebron out there because Ebron's going to get touchdowns and all this other stuff. Well, here's the thing. He got all those touchdowns a lot because he was able to have all that time. Okay, Jack Doyle has been, obviously, has had his injury problems for sure. But when Jack Doyle's in there, he's the more consistent guy. He makes better, he makes more plays, and not to mention, he's a run blocker. He actually is able to block when he's out there, and that is exactly what the Colts want right now, is a guy who can block because they want to run the football this year, even though they have so many offensive, high-powered receivers. But I think that Ebron's going to have a, a little bit less of a productive year He's definitely going to get his fair share of touchdowns, no question about it. I could definitely see him going back to double-digit touchdowns. That definitely is a possibility. I just think with the addition of all these new guys, with the addition with bringing uh, Jack Doyle back and Jack Doyle hopefully be remaining healthy, the the Colts will just have so many other options to put Ebron in, and I think Ebron just sees a little bit less of of. Uh, responsibility in this offensive system for the Colts this next year.
1: Yeah. And Ebron was also on my list simply because I think the Colts now have a lot of players who are going to get the football and they're going to get their lion's share of touches and snaps and all that stuff. And so I think it's, it's fair to say Eric Ebron may not have, you know, that 13 receiving touchdown year just because the Colts have to spread the ball around. And that's not a bad thing for an offense. Um, And I think that now, you know, it's not like, you know, where we saw last year, Whenever the Colts are in the red zone, it's basically going to Eric Ebron. Now, this season could be like, it could be more so like when the Colts are in the red zone, they're handing it off to Marlon Mack. When the Colts are in the red zone, Jack Doyle's back. He could catch a touchdown. When the Colts are in the red zone, Devin Funches is open. Oh man, you know, Paris Campbell's open. The Colts have, I think, a lot more weapons now and a lot more established guys. Um, I think now. And that's just simply going to take away snaps from and touchdowns from Ebron, and that's not a bad thing. But I just think, as as far as stats go, Eric Ebron will probably see a decline as well. Um, the next guy on my list, I'm not to attack. It seems like I'm attacking all the Colts receivers, but I think Dion Kane's going to be on my list simply, simply because. And hear me out, fans. Hear me out. Simply because I think that a lot of Colts fans last year, you know, Dion Kane had a good camp. We'll say that. But, heck, this guy tore his ACL. This guy tore his ACL, and we even saw, like, with Malik Hooker, when he tore his ACL, he wasn't the same player until about week six through week eight. That's really when he started to find himself. And while he may have necessarily, you know, he may have been healthy physically, I mean, it's it's a mental game. Like I mentioned, the NFL is a mental game, and so you got to trust your body that, you know, when you go out there, you're not going to go tear your ACL again. And I think – for Deion Kane, now the Colts have added a lot of players, um, and I think it's fair to not. Place so many expectations on Deion Kane. Just let him get another year in the system. Let him get accustomed to the NFL before we hype him up as the next great Colts receiver. And let this guy get healthy, fully healthy. I mean, let's not put pressure on him. Like he has to be a Hall of Fame, you know, 50 to 100, 100 catch receiver in year two. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people have done for Deion Kane. And I think for me, I just want to pump the brakes on the Deion Kane hype train, at least for now. Who knows? We'll see if. You know, when he's fully healthy, how effective he can be. But I think for right now, and maybe for 2019, it it would be fair to just pump the brakes on Deion Kane for right now.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely one of those people that are on the Deion Kane hype train. I won't apologize for it. I'll just say that I enjoy it. But I'm going to go the same route as you here, Cody. I'm going to dog on another receiver for uh, the Colts. And that's our newest one in Paris Campbell. Um, Anyone who's listened to me on Twitter or has heard me talk about Paris Campbell knows how much I absolutely love this dude. I really do. I think he's going to be a great pick for us in the long term. I just think this upcoming year, just with, again, how many wide receiver threats we have, I think is just ultimately what's going to limit Campbell a little bit. And and that's ultimately what it is. It's not that I don't think he's going to have a good year. I just think that the, Frank Reich is going to need another year or two to kind of completely get where Paris Campbell wants to go. And I think they might figure it out by the end of the season what Paris Campbell might be best at doing. But ultimately it's going to be a little too late when they figure out what he's best at doing. I just think that ultimately again just so many wide receivers and so many other threats that the Colts can make it ultimately just seems like y- you really can't trust any one particular Colts wide receiver to have a breakout year because of ultimately there are so many of them there's so many of them that are so, that have so many good attributes and so many of them that we haven't even seen play yet I mean the only real guy that we know has the ability to play for this system is T.Y. Hilton. He's the only one. And ultimately, that's why Campbell's just on this flop right now, just because I truly don't think that he'll live up to the expectations this year as some fans, including myself, think he can get to. Just not this year at all.
1: Yeah, and the last guy on my list, and I promise we don't hate receivers, I promise, I like receivers, but the last guy on my list is another receiver, Zach Pascal, and I think the reason behind this is I think a lot of fans, for whatever reason, and maybe I'm included in this to a, to a small degree, think that Zach Pascal is... A really, really good receiver. When you know he was an undrafted free agent, I think for a reason, Um, and I think simply because the Colts really didn't have a whole lot of depth at wide receiver. Zach Pascal made this roster, roster, and I think that's a big reason why he was on the team. And I think, you know, while he – I think he has a lot of talent. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he could definitely uh, make this roster. I don't want to say he does, he can't. I think that a lot of fans maybe think that Zach Pascal's is a better and more complete receiver than he is. Um, and I think that he is a pretty – you know, he's pretty rough right now in terms of just – Scratching the surface to where he could be, I think he's kind of just like an unmolded uh, piece of clay right now, and, and and you know potentially he could be a really good receiver. And I could eat my words, and I'll be totally happy to do that. But I think right now it's it's a good idea, you know, as with all these receivers outside of T.I. Hilton, to just pump the brakes on the hype train before we're crowning them as you know, re, you know, thousand yard receivers or whatever. However, we hype them. I think it's it's a good idea to to pump the brakes on these guys a little bit, and I hope Zach Pascal definitely makes a leap here in year two. Um, but I think that he can be a little overhyped as well.
0: Yeah, and I'll let everybody know who listens to this that it's it was really difficult for both of us to figure out some people that we thought would flop just because we don't really think any of these guys will have a terrible year, rather than we just think that they either get overhyped by some of our own fan base or that we just think they'll have a small decline in the performances that they had the year before. So that's ultimately what it is. Don't think that we hate these guys. We, we don't. We just think that we just need to basically cu- kind of be realistic with certain things. But last guy on my list is Clayton Gathers. And as much as I hated to make this, this a pick, I, I had to just because – I love Clayton Gathers. I really do. I love his work ethic. I think he's a great captain of this team. Uh, I think ultimately just what makes him a flop is just his durability. It's kind of what you said about Malik Hooker. He's just a guy that just every year we question whether or not he's going to be there by the end of the year. And ultimately, I think that's kind of been the question that, you know, we've talked about and what some of the Colts Nation has talked about is that is Clayton Gathers – one good full season away, and I put emphasis on full season away from getting an extension because he's relatively young. He's still got a couple of good years left in him if he stays healthy, and he could he does put up decent numbers every year. He really does, but I think ultimately I've just come to the conclusion that I don't know if Clayton Gathers is going to be sticking around the whole year just due to his health problems. But ultimately, I think that's just the reason why he's down on the flop list for
1: me. Yeah, and I think the Colts share your concern a little bit, Derek. I mean, they brought in some worse safeties. They drafted Kari Willis. They brought in Derek Kindred. You know, they get Matthias Farley and George Odom back. So they have safety insurance in case one or both of these guys are injured throughout the season. And yeah, just to reiterate what you said about the flops, like, oh my goodness, it was so hard. I was I was telling Derek earlier, I was like, man... I, only ha- I couldn't figure out who to put on this list, and so it was extremely, extremely hard because, you know, we watch these guys, we stay up to date with them, like, every day, and we-, we watch them, and we root for them, and we don't want to see them flop, obviously, but... I think when I think the word flop can also have a very negative connotation to it where we think like oh this player is going to be terrible in 2019 that's not the case at all. And, you know it, we really are just trying to say like this player played so well in 2018 that we think that they it's almost impossible to have them play as good as they did in 2019. Maybe they'll play around the same level but for them to kick it up a notch I think it would be hard for us to see or just players we think we haven't seen them yet. They could potentially be very, very good. But, you know, like Derek mentioned, like we haven't seen these players on the field yet. And so I think that they're being overhyped a little bit. And so that's kind of what we wanted to do. And also, folks, it, it's the offseason. We got to come up with some kind of content because while, you know, while we still love Colts football, you know, training camp's only a few weeks away now. Fortunately, thank the Lord, it's only a few weeks away. Uh, and so we have to come up with with some Colts content in the meantime and so I uh, hope you guys aren't too upset with some people on our list and I hope that you listen to our reasons and hope that you guys debate this because I always love to have debates and I hope that we can have very healthy debates where we're not degrading each other that we're just honestly having conversations and being like oh I understand your opinion I may not agree with it but that's okay that's what that's what we're here for we're here to discuss and you know it's great like So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, go Colts.